Welcome to What's Left, the weekly political discussion challenge in the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host, uh, teacher and socialist Andy Lipson. And we are missing our other co-host, Kenny Cepeda, who is taking a week off this week. This, yeah, this week. <laughs> uh, saludos, Kenny. I hope you're doing well. And happy birthday, Kenny. Yes, yes. Happy birthday to Kenny Cepeda, <laughs> uh, community organizing socialist Kenny Cepeda, who is a co-host here. And so a bit of housekeeping. We are online at what-s-left.webnode.com. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, share your favorite episodes, wherever you found this episode. Uh, and you can find us on all the platforms that are listed on our outro, uh, Telegram being a new platform that we're now on. Additionally, uh, we are now on, we are now asking our viewers in our audio, well, mostly our YouTube subscribers to start migrating over to uh, you, our YouTube channel, What's Left Over, which will be linked in the description box below. Uh, because given that this YouTube channel is now in jeopardy of being shut down, um, thank you, censorship, for keeping, uh, thank you, YouTube, for keeping us safe, according <laughs> to the guidelines. We've broken all kinds of guidelines now. We hope that folks will find us over on What's Left Over, and Andy will link that in the description box below. Thank you. Well. We are joined, uh, we're excited, I'm very excited. Um, we'll be joined by JP, who is a teacher from Southern California and a listener slash viewer of What's Left and got in contact with us, mostly spoke first with Andy Lipson. And, uh, and then we had a conversation right afterwards, the three of us, which was very enlightening and also just heartening to think that there are other folks out there that are on the same wavelength. There's still, obviously we may have differences with other also people who have contacted us, but it really is something when we have people uh, have contacted us and we find similarities and just, it feels like we're not very isolated. Well, Eduardo, thank you. And Andy, thank you. It, it's uh, really a pleasure for me to have this conversation with you tonight. I really look forward to uh, speaking with you. And uh, it's just, I really have been uh, so taken with uh, with your videos that it's just a real privilege for me to be with you. Thank you both. Thank you, JP. And when, when Eduardo and I first started What's Left, we had a discussion slash debate about who would we be interviewing. And Eduardo had some political people, political officials that maybe we could interview. And I, as half the member of the of the of the duo at the time said, no, we will not be doing that. We will only be interviewing regular people. Um, and so uh, Eduardo, I think, agrees, maybe sees the, the value of that now a little bit more. Um, but JP is not, is a, just a regular person, but also as a fellow teacher, we know that the issues of education are gonna be something that's gonna be coming up a lot. And as a fellow teacher from Southern California, like we really hope to use his, expertise, his vision, his observations about what's happening there on an ongoing way as we, as, as schools so-called reopen now, and then we see what happens with schools over the summer and into the fall. So this is a really important contact for us. And so JP, I'm really glad that you reached out to us and we want people to know about you and know really, you know, what's been going on for you over the last few years. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Um, and definitely, I can honestly say I am not a politician, so we're safe there. And uh, I have been described as regular. Uh, so, <laughs> so, 
it, you want me to talk a little bit about myself? I, I, I yes. Think, uh, yeah. Um, originally, I'm from the one of the New England states, uh, Massachusetts, to be exact, uh, and um, went to college there. Uh, came out to uh, California. Uh, kind of a unique uh, journey. I, I never heard of anybody going to uh, California to try to be an actor before. So uh, <laughs> I thought I'd be like maybe the first person to ever try that. Uh, but uh, it, that's how I got into teaching. I had been uh, pursuing acting, followed that. I majored uh, in college in, in that and uh, pursued it in New York for a while, came out to LA and uh, promptly hit bottom and thought, wait a minute, uh, I need to do something that's going to make me happy. And uh, really, uh, uh, that's that's where I was at the point where the longer I stayed in that particular profession, I knew I was not being the person that I um, should should have been, right? So um, I, just, I just really did some soul searching and started teaching uh, in adult schools around... Um, Los Angeles area, and I, I love the community. I love the people, and it's just something that I just enjoyed doing. Met a lot of great people, and not not long after not long after that, um, I met my uh, soon to be wife. We've been together almost thirty years, and uh, and it's just you know uh, through her inspiration, I got my teaching credential. Been been with uh, a large district in Southern California for uh, quite a number of years now. But uh, it's been it's been good. I I, I love teaching. Uh, I love the kids. I was really glad when I switched from adult ed to um, to high school, and teaching the ELD kids has just been uh, just been a joy. Really, uh, I mean that. Uh, one of the the lady that hired me a long time ago, she said, you know, I was kind of nervous. You know, I said, oh, it's going to be a high school, and uh, and you know, I've been teaching adults, and how's it going to be for me? I never taught high school before, and she's like. They're the best kids in the school. You're going to love it. And it's same as true today as it was uh, all those years ago. Right, that little and bit how, about me. How long have you been teaching then, both at, uh, I guess, the high school level? Uh, high school level since uh, 2001. I was with the district a few years before that, adult school. And then uh, I was with several private schools before that. So, so you've been teaching for a while now. And you... In your in your practice, where as you taught, did you uh, were you very active in your union, or were you active in your school politics, or anything around? Uh, just tell us a bit about your background and your involvement. Uh, well, of course, I've always been a member of the union. I I I um, I believe in in the the necessity of unions, and I, I you know I. I've just always been kind of a pro-union person through the uh, acting unions before uh, as a member of, and even back in college, I was a teamster uh, for a while when I was um, uh, not as a driver, but like as a warehouseman, you know, working uh, part-time through college. So, you know, I always kind of was pro-union and everything. Um, I don't agree with a lot of the um, union, the political uh side of the union but i i do see a need for uh workers to be protected on the job uh hours wages and conditions uh, are kind of where i come from as far as the union you know we need to have a fair wage we need to have good conditions 
And, you know, we need to be putting in hours and be compensated for it in, in the right way and not, not be taken advantage of. And that goes for any, any worker anywhere, not just teachers, but I don't care what it is. Everybody should be treated with, with you know, with dignity. Uh, as far as the school itself, um, I, I tried. I, I put my hand in a few, a few times. Uh, I was on uh, school site council, a co- uh, I think, a couple times. And uh, we have something else called a governing council. And I was, I was, uh, um, I guess, I got more votes than none of the above. So I was on uh, <laughs> governing council uh, a couple times as well. But I, I, I tried to join in and, and help out where I could. Now, now that you're teaching during this, you know, during this pandemic of being back, I mean, remote, dis, remote learning, distance learning, however we wish to call it, how has been your experience um, during this time? Mm. It's, it, it's a great question, Eduardo. It, uh, I know we're going to probably get into the whole uh, pandemic uh, in, a, in a bit, but it's just far from the, you know, we, we went on this. A year, oh, more than a year ago, right? When we went on this uh, shutdown and told to go home and teach from home and not knowing what was really going on too much. Was it as bad as people say? Is it something else? What's going on? So um, my wife is a teacher also, and, and my kids also came home. They're high schoolers. And so the four of us were home. Thankfully, the four of us made the best of it that we could. So, uh we just tried to be as normal as, as we could. My wife set up her little, she's, she's elementary teacher. So she had her section. Uh, we have a converted, converted garage apartment. So she set up in there and, and my kids have their own room. So they set up in there and, and then I just, uh, I was the nomad, you know, so I just was at the dining room table and sometimes coming out in the backyard and the, My situation was a little different. I think, and Andy, you you can let me know how you felt. I I feel that the teachers really had a hard harder time of it than me because when we shut down, I was the ninth grade dean, and uh, and and so other than just calling kids that were absent and just stopped checking in with Zoom, I that was pretty much what I had to do. There weren't too many problems just the kids just checked out they just very shortly like by april uh the school was worried that kids just where are they where did they go and also there was a lot of parent phone calls and things like that and a lot of meetings you know i think they had to fill our times with that and then this so i didn't i didn't know that none of us knew that we were going to be um online again for this year and so Last spring, when they did the elections, uh, you know, so I ran to be dean again, you know, just for the upper grades, and and again, I guess I got a few more votes than none of the above, so I uh, ended up being the dean. And my friend was teasing me, say, "Wow," he said, "What do you have to do?" Well, I have to deal with these Zoom bombers, and attend a bunch of meetings, and then teach the advisory classes. So I think the teachers that had like three content area classes that they're teaching and to try to get kids to respond and turn their cameras on. I, I heard a lot of very, uh, see, we have a lot of good teachers at my school. They're very passionate about what they do. 
and and I could tell it really was weighing heavily on them that they're losing like losing that connection that human touch you know and it was it was sad it, it was it was really sad um so I, my philosophy with the advisory class, because I had seniors, which was cool for me because I haven't taught a lot of seniors off and on, but mostly the undergrades uh, I, I taught. But the, uh, the seniors, I just said to them, look, this is a pass, no pass class. I'm not going to put any stress on you. We're going to read some articles. We're going to watch some videos and we're going to get you ready for life after high school and just, you know. Uh, so I did like career stuff, trade schools, uh, different jobs with, you know, you know, all kinds of things, plus college applications and all those things that they wanted us to do. And I just didn't I just said, I'm not going to put any pressure on these kids. And uh, I didn't want to deal with the cameras. I thought I didn't want to. You know, I felt like the cameras were kind of an invasion. They were an invasion of people's privacy. So. And, and we'd have meetings and, and I know if, if somebody's teaching and they need some, they need to see somebody do something, I, I, I get it, but I didn't need to really see them doing anything. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to pressure them. I taught summer school actually last summer too. I taught English uh, in summer school and I, I didn't want to do Zoom and the, and, the, and the staff said for the summer, if you don't want to do Zoom, you don't have to do it. And uh, and I just I just responded through Schoology, and we just I just taught the class that way, kind of like just here's an assignment, pass it in, we, you know. Then I just it was just like email class. I was just messaging them. Mm -hmm. So I'm rambling on now. So you probably want to, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but 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 either way, nevertheless, you probably didn't like. I have not I have not enjoyed this this year professionally. Like I haven't liked it. Yeah. I haven't liked the lack of connection. Sounds like you know that's been true for your fellow teachers, but it also sounded was like it was difficult for you uh, as well. Yes, yeah, it was because uh, I liked being there. I even I, the part I liked about being the dean was getting to know the kids and even like you know throwing the football with them at lunch and you know and not just being the guy that's going to give them detention, but get to know them by name and. And, and not just always be seen as the guy that's is called into the classroom when the teacher needs help with somebody acting, you know, silly or something. But, um, you know, so that I miss that because so much of what we do, as you, as, as you and Eduardo know, so much of what we do is building these relationships and, and it takes time to like, if break down walls a lot of kids have these these walls around them and, and they've been either let down before or they've just fed up with the system in some ways and 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 they're getting into let's say they're getting into trouble or giving a teacher a hard time sometimes it's it's they just want to see how quick you're gonna give up on that you get the feeling that you're just gonna see how oh how quick is this guy gonna uh, give up on me because they all say in august you know how they care about everybody, but then by October, let's <laughs> see if they really see if they really care. So I, you know that I li I like that about uh, the dean. I like uh, working with parents. It was difficult at times, as as you you know. I don't know if you if you've ever been a dean before, Andy, but um, 
but uh, it, it it's challenging. It, it's uh, it's good in many ways. It was good. It was a good break. But I think I'm ready to go back to the classroom in the mm. fall. So let's maybe go to how you got in touch with us, because uh, I, I, you know, I'm I'm a socialist. Kenny's a socialist. Eduardo's <laughs> a leftist. Um, and if we're what's left, and and from what I know of you, you aren't necessarily what's left. You aren't left necessarily, you know. Um, so, <laughs> so something has happened this year that first had you, you somehow you ended up hearing our episodes, but something about our episodes um, meant something to you that caused you to reach really reach out to us. So, can you tell us about you know what made you first uh, check out our stuff? Um, what was meaningful about it, and then what what was the reason that you that you reached out that you were like because you knew you were you you were different politically, but you were like I want to reach out to these folks and find you know what was going on there. But even JP, you know, you even before you found us, there was a reason why you were searching. You were out there. Yeah, um, I I went in a real deep dive early on, even before they sent us home from the schools, I, I wanted to find out as much as I possibly could about what made this particular so-called virus different than all of the other scares that they had in the past, because it seemed like this time th they, were, they were ready for um, the, the Super Bowl of, of, uh, of viruses in, in some way, right? So I just was very, very uh, curious, and, and I just, I was thirsty to try to find out as much as I could. And so it was, I was never much of a YouTube person, but, uh, you know, just use it as sometimes as a, as a teaching tool or something, but I wasn't, you know, interested in any of the channels really. But I started to get really interested in some of the doctors who were talking about viruses and how it's spread and and um and all about uh coronavirus and all that so i was very interested in learning more and then throughout the past year more and more of them were being censored and then i there was a whole there's a lot of these um like doctors and um different different journalists and, and people like um um dr pam popper and peggy hall and uh and some of uh, Spiroscuras and some of these other YouTubers that I thought, Dr. Dolores Cahill from Ireland, uh, a couple of German uh, epidemiologists and stuff. I said, these guys really have a lot to say. It had the ring of truth to, to, to me and they're being censored. That, to make a long story short, that's what led me to BitChute. And I didn't even know what BitChute was really, you know, I'd heard about it, you know, but I said, okay, well, Check it out. So then I this is where I found some of these other um, former YouTubers. And so I said, OK, I'm learning more. I'm finding out stuff and started to have my, you know, uh, really strong doubts about it all. And, and lo and behold, I, I, I found you guys. The first video that I found was the one that you did with AJ that um, was um, opening schools to dismantle schools, I believe it was called. And and that had a real impact on me. And uh, yeah, I knew from the title what's what's left had, you know, the you know, that's OK. But I didn't I didn't care about that. You know, I just I said, wow, you know, teachers, let me just backtrack just a sec. I I had been not. Broadly dropping hints 
throughout different faculty meetings and things and getting together with teachers and zoom and but you know uh i i expressed my doubts about the whole pandemic in many ways and i, I called it a fraud you know I, I you know i a few things you know i i i i expressed you know the idea that we we should not be closing the schools things like that but you know and i then i would like I sent somebody like a picture of the box, the mask, um, the boxes of masks that you can get at Costco. And, you know, it says right on it, you cannot stop a disease or whatever it says right on there. The, the label says it right there. You know, this, this cannot stop a disease, you know? So I thought this will get a dialogue going. So I sent it to someone that I thought would say, you know, yeah, isn't it? Cause even the kid, even the kid at Costco, when I showed him the picture on my phone, I said, this is what your company, I said, Hey, he said, put, he said, put on your bandana, whatever. I said, ah, I said, why do I have to wear the bandana? You know, he said, uh, cause it's our policy. I said, you guys are, you guys are selling this in your store right now. Read what it says. And the kid says, yeah, it's all bogus, man. <laughs> you know? And I was like, all right then, you know? And, uh, then my wife is like, you know, stop fighting with these people, stop fighting with these people, you know? So, <laughs> so, so, you know, it was, it was, a, it was bad, you know, in, in some ways, right. Because, I didn't want to get her upset, you know, and, and, uh, it was, but I was feeling like, this is just, this is just too much. So anyway, I, I, I was saying like, what about this? No. And then look, they're looking at me like, like I'm just, they, they think I'm just weird. And it's like, no one's going to respond. So then when I realized that no one was going to respond to me, no matter what, you know, then it's like, I said, you know, just, just what's the point? Um, yeah. So when I, when I saw that, that video, I thought, Oh, this is, this is great. You know? And, uh, you know, I listened in a, I don't like labels of left and right. And I want to always give people a, a fair, a fair shot because I, I like it when people give me, you know, a fair shot to express my views and everything. So it's not, but you know what, all of that stuff, like, you know, if you say you're a socialist or, or whatever, it didn't matter because we had a common ground about the problem that we face as teachers with what's happening to these kids. And that, that to me supersedes or transcends all of these, you know, the political labels, the economic situation, everything, it all ties in. Of course, of course it's all, all related, but on a, on a human level, what we are doing to these kids might have far-reaching generational effects on them. Uh, and, and if that's all based on a lie, then we're complicit in this. It's a crime. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I foresee class action suits coming down the road. I, I could be wrong, but it seems to me that sooner or later, the lawyers are going to stop sitting on their haunches and they and there's going to be some heavy duty questions that are going to be asked about the uh culpability perhaps of major school districts and unions and um, medical institutions all of that i'm not just talking fauci and cdc and world health of course those guys but what about even on a minor level or people that wanted to go in for um, some kind of knee replacement or something. And they didn't want to have the COVID test. You know, they didn't want to have that 
and remember early on that had to be that long swab right you didn't have a from what i understand you didn't have a choice so so what about all those people that didn't do those um operations because of this i think there's got to be a lot of uh, answers to these questions that sooner or later i hope we find i hope we find the truth mm-hmm. i hope we do and we have to uh do that so the the video to me was was inspiring and i i liked where you guys were were coming from but you know you guys were asking each other very insightful questions and talking about what does this mean for the future of public education and i that was a few months ago when you guys did that video and now that we're back in hybrid my friends are telling me that it's like one kid in a classroom with one teacher with plastic separation and the and the child the teenager has the headphones on in front of a screen doing the same thing that they could be doing at home and i'm saying to myself kafka couldn't come up with something better than this mm-hmm. i i don't know who who in their right mind thinks that this is healthy it's yeah it it's it's terrible in my in my opinion it, it, and if i'm missing something that you can tell me that this is a good way to go i'll listen but but no and with a mask on their face all day and and be stuck on the screen i my wife and i just looked at you and said there's no way that we're going to send our two teenagers back to school in this and and my kids agreed you know they miss their friends and everything and and sports they like that but you know what you can't 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 do that can't go back and and uh agree agree to do something like that you know they they want your consent for everything too it is jp so so you found us and in that video um did you we spoke a lot about the transition and um uh, to um a no touch future a more private uh take over of our public education did any of that ring with you do you believe any of that do you agree with us there because even when we share this with teachers some of it find it you know we were in a meeting today Andy and I some of them agree some of them don't uh there are teachers who are not they 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 think it's Uh, they don't they don't they don't state they don't write out state no that's not going to happen but they look at more optimistic um yeah. uh, more from an optimistic lens they seem to think that we're just our evolutionary biological need is to be social as humans that it'll overpower somehow this um the the the, the private sector from overtaking our schools and we're just going to fight it because we're just i i I agree with Andy as he stated that things happen um gradually where you are then uh in a situation where you're like how did we get here well it was yeah. over time right because things happen over time and things have been rushed but from your perspective from listening from that episode which people can check out and we'll uh, link it to this uh to the episode notes did, did anything in there did you agree or disagree anything from what you had heard No I I agreed um almost totally with what was being said I I think that this was um planned and they were so quick and ready all across the country 
to hand out the laptops, have everything set to go. And it was, it was almost, yeah, there were glitches and there were problems and everything, but how, you know, they, they knew they had to have known and, and, and just this, this rollout of, of, you know, okay, now we're set. And then quickly they came out with this, um, future ready. Uh, I don't know what they called it up in, in San Francisco. Um, but down here there was uh, something called future ready and it's like the clap, like the classroom of the future. And so you, so basically, you know, if, if they had said, this is truly an emergency, let's make do, let's just make do. And then, um, um, we're going to just try to get through this, flatten the curve and then come back as, uh, as soon as possible. That's what everybody thought was, was going to happen. And no, there was too many signals of we're going to connect globally. Uh, we're going to, um, be global collaborators with, you know, and I thought, okay, they don't, it just struck me that they, they don't ever want to go back. That's what it seems like to me. And I, I, I think that I hope that our fellow teachers who feel our, uh, yes, our human need for social inter interaction and contact, like you guys going to the park and, and teaching the kids at the park was noble and, and awesome. And I love that video too. That was, that was, that was, um, uh, uh, just such a, such a noble thing to do and 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 for somebody to pick at that or criticize or to try to you know say no 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 you're not supposed to do that well what are humans supposed to do you know how are you going to you know teach science in a in a cold stark place or in in golden gate park where the birds are and there's there's uh squirrels in the trees and there's a whole ecosystem that in the kids i i can only imagine how the kids must have loved it and for their parents to be there. And, you're, and, and I think uh, AJ, it, it, you guys said it in that video so very well, um, the parents, the kids, the teachers made a, made a school, made, made a school right there. And it was a community right there and more, po more power to you. Uh, I hope our colleagues are right that we will overcome in this. But I, I think that the corporations, the um, the whoever's in charge of all this, for some reason, they do not want us to connect with people, and and public education, I think, is going into a new era that uh, makes me really, really worry. Uh, but it, it isn't. It isn't just that. How how was it? This this struck me like last spring as well. With basketball playoffs heating up last spring, uh, hockey, Stanley Cup, baseball was gearing up for spring training, and they all shut down as well, and not even a peep out of them. What? And they just agreed to it. At first, I thought, well, this must be really something deadly if they're going to send everybody home from Florida spring training or whatever, and, and, and the basketball playoffs are all shut down, but it, but it just struck me. It didn't, it didn't ring true. And then of course 
the uh, the churches shut down, and everybody seemed to be like, uh, um, you know, like the Catholic Church. Many of these churches that no one's even batting an eye. The bishops say, "Okay, the churches are closed," you know, and you you got to go with uh, plastic gloves, and they're supposed to be going to take take your temperature and all that. And say, "Whoa, that's 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 pretty crazy." I mean, even in the 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 bubonic plague of the Middle Ages or the Spanish flu. They weren't shutting down. They weren't um, shutting down churches, you know. So, so this is this is um, very troubling, <laughs> you know. That's the uh, understatement of the year uh, from me, right? <laughs> it's very troubling to such a degree that everybody was on board with this, and then yet you go out, and then okay, we can still go into the supermarket. And we can still, you know, just be, you know, bumping elbows with people up there and, you know, and, and getting, you know, uh, the the fresh produce and everything. And and, and so, like, well, what is it? Is it we got to shut down and stay home or do we or, or can we kind of do what we want to do? You know, this doesn't seem, you know, but we can still. And, and then another thing that bothered me, you guys, I don't know how you felt about this, but. The way they started right away, calling some people essential workers and other people non-essential workers. And, I, and I, that bugged me because everybody's an essential worker. Every, everybody's essential. Nobody's non-essential. I don't care if they're if it's a hairdresser or whoever. That's their livelihood. And then and then I'm rambling. But the the the, the, the killing off of the small businesses is is another thing that just that just completely, completely has never set well with me at all it's it's um there's ulterior motives jp i i i've been during this time i i haven't actually been i have been um taking time off and i'm not sure when i'll probably go back to the school district or if i ever will be going back to the school district let's see what things things how things go but, but this is my question how do you feel about the sentiment that families are feeling. Here, families say, especially in my Latino community, they'll say that teachers have abandoned them. They'll say teachers have thrown them under the bus because they left them. As all of everyone was trying to search like a Titanic, right? Like everyone was searching for where to go. Everyone was scrambling, searching for ways to teach their kids, to figure out how to work, make this work. They also felt as if um, that the schools were also hubs of community, right? To either organize, take classes from, be in community with their neighbors, be in community with their fellow uh, uh, parents. And during this time, the, the, the essential workers, so to speak, such as doctors and nurses have had to go, who work directly with people, have had to go even before there were vaccines available. Uh, and teachers work directly with students and there is a frustration from families that have felt that teachers are not in solidarity with them. They, they, they don't want to go back and they're, they're really, families are really placing their anger onto teachers. I understand why. Yeah. I really would like to know what is your sentiment about families? What do they feel? What are their thoughts since you are a teacher? I'm, I'm going to say that only from what, I have seen uh, from March 2020 
up until now in, in 2021, uh, I haven't felt resentment from the parents that I talked to. Um, I have spoken to parents who have expressed a lot of sadness that their sons and daughters, um, their social fabric has been taken from them because it, it, at our school, I'm sure it's true for many, many public schools, kids have such great friendships that they develop and they, they long to see those kids every single day. And I think that's what, what I meant, what was being lost when I talked to parents and they say like, my daughter just doesn't want to turn on the computer anymore at all. And I don't know what to do to get her to turn on the computer. And she, you know, I said, well, does she, does she go out? Does she get exercise? And they said, no, no, because of the virus, because of the virus. So I think there's a, there's a sense that the, I don't watch television news, but the little bit that I do see, it seems that it's been fear 24 seven. It's just nonstop, nonstop. Cases are up, cases are up, cases are up. And, and uh, that I think has got a lot of people still thinking that they're never going to be able to take the mask off. Uh, they're, they're rushing to get vaccinated. Uh, and that includes, you know, um, people on both sides, parents, students, teachers, whatever, rushing, rushing to do this out of this sense, this sense of fear that that is troubling to me. Um, I'm interested in, in how the, your, your parents that you talk to feel that teachers abandoned them. I, I wonder if, I, I, I wonder if many parents have seen through this charade and, and have known that this is not as deadly as it was laid out to us. And that if so, I mean, come on, anyone can find out that children ages zero to 19 are, are almost at no risk of getting this at all. And if you are in somewhat good health, um, you, you have uh, better than a 98, perhaps 99% um, chance of recovery if you do come down with this. So um, once, you, once you draw back the curtain a little bit, I believe that they, they should be uh, angry. They should be resentful. A lot of people should be because there have been people who've been ringing this bell of truth for over a year and they get censored. They get kicked off YouTube. They get they get um, they get banned from from Twitter, and and this and then and then the uh, the powers that be decide that everybody has to be masked up and and everybody has to uh, you know give you the opportunity to get a vaccine, and then you find out that 
somebody gets it and then they still have to wear the mask and they can still catch this so-called corona and they can still spread it. So so come on, this is this is this doesn't make sense. And <laughs> I don't mean to tell you J, uh, JP that you're going to get us shut down by saying so-called corona. That's <laughs> fine. Be quiet. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Sorry, no, you're fine. I got carried away. I knew this was a problem. Yeah. You're, be, fine. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. We have Andy, another Andy, channel. Andy. I'll be texting Andy tomorrow. Andy, you're Andy. fine. I don't want to say that. Oh, oh. All right. <laughs> you're fine, JP. We've said enough. Said even last week was my turn to say something. Yes. <laughs> um. So it's clear you have, you know, like like many like us on this show doubts about the the ferocity of this pandemic um and some people have even gone as far as to call it the plandemic um <laughs> so if, let us know if there's anything more you want to say about how you came to a, a skepticism of the mainstream narrative if there's anything more there but i'd like you to also talk about if the mainstream narrative doesn't make sense then what narrative does make sense for you like how did you mm. start to come to understand what's really happening oh okay um all right, um, I'm gonna try to be as succinct as I, as I can now. Um, the PCR test, even the inventor, Kerry Mellis, says that it can't detect. I think you mentioned it in one of your videos too. You, you did a, your, your video, Andy, about the vaccine was, was top notch. You, mm -hmm. you and Eduardo did a great job on that. Um, as, as you know, Kerry Mellis himself said that this cannot diagnose uh, a disease. That's not what it's for. It can do great things. And then I, I sent you that, um, the picture of the, uh, the, that kit, the kit that they're using in some school districts. And it says for research use only, not a diagnostic test. So I don't know whom needs more, more proof than that, then, okay, then it's research. We're just, we're just guinea pigs in a research test. So then and the other thing was, very early on, some of the writers and uh, Catholic bloggers that I like, like uh, uh, some of them, were right away saying, there's never been a study that proves masks are useful in this, in this regard. You know, so that got me interested in that because right from, right from the start, I, I just knew I had a really, I had a real problem with, with that. You know, uh, and, and I'm not saying that we should be allowed to, you know, make people sick or cough on people. And, you know, you know, obviously use common sense. And and I'm not going to barge into someone's house as a guest and demand to do whatever I want. So I, I want to respect people and and, uh, you know, of that. But but again, this, it didn't seem to me that the science proved that that was necessary for people to be doing. But if somebody wants to do that. I'm not going to say, hey, take that off. You know, but don't force me. And um, so there was those two things. I said, that doesn't ring true. And then um, when I learned that there was, all of this was based on emergency, author, emergency use authorization only. And that came about with uh, a lot with the, the, vac so, the so-called vaccine, you know? Uh, so, okay, well this, it hasn't even been approved by the FDA. So none of this has been approved by the FDA, but everybody seems to be just like, we're on board with this, whatever, whatever, um, whatever those CDC 
guys with their medical degrees or whatever, these science, trust the science, you know, and the rock stars are telling us, listen to the scientists. And I say, you know, no, no, thanks. I'll, I'll listen to people if I believe they're telling me the truth. And, and I just try to find other, other sources. And then those sources get banned from YouTube. The sources get censored from, from Twitter. So that seems to me like they don't want the truth to come out. And uh, yeah, that's how I would wrap that up. The science didn't ring true to me. And, and how did you, then what, how did you piece together what was really going on then? Because uh, this is a lot to yeah. go through to yeah. uh, just get everyone to wear masks and shut down schools. Right. Oh man. So this is, this really gets, gets into the whole, whole thing with, well, uh, okay. I'm also a history teacher and I, I my, BAs in history and and you know I've always loved history and always felt I tell my kids this I told my students this I've learned more history after college by reading more things than than I ever learned in four years getting the history degree so I love to read and and as I as I um, went into my journey uh, rediscovering my Catholic faith, I read a lot of Catholic writers. And a, a lot of what I was reading uh, brought me uh, closer into uh, the pro-life um, realm of things. And as I dived deeper into that to try to understand um, that, that aspect of Catholicism and everything, I got into reading about um, the... Uh, depopulation, overpopulation of the world, the Malthusian um, overpopulation and how the eugenics movement of, of uh, more than 100 years ago and so forth, uh, all of that. So it was just self-education, wanting to learn more uh, to be able to either talk about those things. So make a we could go on forever, I guess, about this. And I, I, But I would say that that led me to have, I'd say, like a, a jaundiced uh, eye on um, what what some people think about humanity, and that the idea that we are overpopulated. I know there's a lot of people, and seven billion is a lot of people. But I started to read more um, scientists like Steve Mosher and the population. Population Research uh, Institute, and how he he was, um, you know, he he had done a lot of work in China and their one-child policy and all that. So I thought, you know what, there there are some very powerful people out there that would like to reduce the world population, and we know what the 20th century has done as far as um, reducing the population and through through violent means war democide uh genocide all of that and i i hope i'm wrong but if they have found uh, a new way of doing this through the guise of safety and medicine and and we're going to give you this and it's going to um take care of these problems and and keep you free of disease, but then cause some other kind of thing where people are going to 
be wishing that they never took that vaccine. That's that's what I that's what I'm afraid of. I hope I'm wrong. And and what are you? I, we just it's okay that you dropped off because I'm going to be able to put um, uh, JP on the you know we won't we won't see it during the video. Um, and the the next question I'm going to ask is what when I always get is for you who are they? Who are the people? Yeah. Yeah. Who are the that's, forces that are um, that are behind pushing pushing a lie essentially in order for this other motive? Yeah, and I'm glad you called me on that about who are they uh, because we we always need to be specific about things and that that's a that's a, a tough one and this is where my research right now uh, I feel not so sure about what I'm saying I know about the history of eugenics eugenics movements and sterilization and even in this country you know and all that I I know about medical experiments like the um, the uh, Tuskegee syphilis experiment, all kinds of things. This is nothing new. There's been sterilization uh, programs that have been done throughout Latin America, um, um, through the UN. So here in we Los know Angeles, what, yeah, and we know what's been done in the past. Now, who, as Andy said, who are they? Uh, I wonder if it's some kind of co collection of very powerful, rich um, um, organizations or, or think tanks, but I'll, I'll just name what I think it is. The United Nations, the um, World Economic Forum, mm -hmm. uh, the um, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and, and, and I would not be surprised if somebody rightly right now would call me out and say, you're just watching videos and you, you don't know that these people are that, I would say about the Gates situation is, look at Obianuju uh, Ekeosha. She's a Nigerian pro-life activist, great woman. She's, she's uh, a great, great speaker. She works out of England and she has been really really instrumental in 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 really calling uh bill gates out on this the the tetanus the tetanus vaccine that he gave i think it was to the kenyan people and and, and women that got that vaccine ended up sterile mm. and also i believe i could be wrong i have to check that but i think it was in india a gates produced um polio vaccine i think i could be wrong about that but there was another vaccine let's just say there was another vaccine that he was instrumental in in india and it caused a lot of uh a lot of uh injury and uh and death and, and paralysis and though so i i won't say that it's a conspiracy theory when it comes to that and i and i and i think his own words even express a desire to reduce the world's population his own words i think give give him away eduardo you have a question i have a follow-up but do you have one i'm gonna get a, i'm gonna people are gonna be tracking me down after this no I think. I think it's important like i think you know it's important just to say 
because you're just saying, this is what I know so far. This is what I, you know, and I think that's, that's what we have to hear. Like, that's what people need to know. That's how people put shit together. If you're going to get lied to, you have to put together your own truth then. Yeah. And, and, and much of this, much of this, I hope I'm wrong about things. And I'm, and I, and I do want to go definitely guys, I do want to say that I'm not trying to come off. Like I've got this all sussed out and, uh, you know, talk to me because, uh, you know, I put A, B, C, and D together and, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm searching like so many of us, I'm searching for the truth. I just, I just want to know the truth. And sorry, Eduardo, the way I would summarize me, what I've heard is you feel very pretty darn confident that what you're being told about this current moment is a lie. What is really happening, that what the truth thing is, that's something that you're, it sounds is still maybe a bit more fluid. You're not nearly as confident about Yeah. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say fair. something similar, um, JP. You, you are, you are on your journey, and this is interesting. You're sharing with us your journey, and as well as maybe your political journey as well, uh, where you stand. Because um, now, because you, now you're a Marxist. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, it, it happens. The minute you come on the show, you become a Marxist. That's just what happens. Well, you said something. You said it's the wealthy folk. I did. Anytime you want to see whether Andy agrees with you, he unknowingly starts nodding. <laughs> I didn't and when know he that doesn't I, agree with you, he's just... My, my, head, my head is stationary. That's right. My, my inner... My, my inner Marxist was coming out. I didn't know. <laughs> uh, JP, you, you see, the thing is, stuff like this gets people dismissed or even censored. And we live in an age where anything like this, as you are mentioning, that you were listening to stuff on YouTube that you were even learning on yourself. Um, and then you started seeing these doctors get slowly as them get censored off YouTube. Did you, are, are you, what is your, what do you make of this in the USA? That's my question to this, because as you're discovering things for yourself and as we're all trying to figure things out for ourselves and whether we agree with each other or not, I think it's important that anybody comes to their own path, their own journey, and everyone starts researching whatever they need to and figure this stuff out. I think that I have learned through this journey myself and I expressed it on what's left that I myself if you ever look at Jeffrey Epstein, this the video that we did the episode, I was a staunch uh, supporter of facts and fact checking and all, as Andy can see. And I didn't want to start meddling with the conspiracists. But then over time, as we did some episodes on COVID and vaccines and testing and all that, I began finding very a lot of difficulty in searching for things. And it made me, it opened my eyes. And I want to know your point of view on how, what the USA and, and, and people talk about freedom, freedom of speech here. People talk about like um, the most free country to be able to access anything. And we're seeing now that the internet is being managed by corporations and by this country. What do you make of all this censorship as you're trying to figure this stuff out for yourself? Yeah, that... That's a great question, Eduardo. I, I, it's 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 terrible. Um, we should always be. I believe that we should always be um, 
willing to tell the truth and not hurt somebody with lies or libel or slander and anything like that. And we should always be protected against that. And we should not want to uh, purposely try to ruin somebody's reputation or all of those, all of those things that I think that um, a, a good, a good society that cares about their neighbors are not going to try to um, dock somebody, rip somebody apart because they have a different view or something like that. We should, be able to listen to um, people with uh, different different views than our own, and not not try to not try to hurt them or get them fired or or that kind of thing. You know that is that just is so not the not the way to have a, a journey looking for truth. Um, but as far as the big corporate corporations like the, the Twitter, the, Go the Googles, and all all that. Um, yeah, that it, that to me is is where where we are at now. It's just another form, I think, of uh, of Pravda or the East German Stasi in a way. Uh, maybe that's going too far to say that. I I don't know, but it just seems like if 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 you if you do a Google search for for something there, and the first things that come up. Are, are only negative, you know, negative things or something that just doesn't seem like, like, um, like the, the, the latest one that I saw was, um, Matt, um, shootings are a, a shooting surge. And then it, it was the same headline with different cities plugged in, you know, um, and say, this is, this seems to me just like just a rigged, a rigged game that they're just going to manipulate, manipulate the news, um, manipulate what we are being, being force fed. Um, this is, it's like, okay, this is what we want you to, to know today and tomorrow it'll be something else. Uh, and, and this is what we have decided, um, that, that you're gonna, that you're gonna learn. And that's not, that's not, freedom of speech or freedom of the press or anything like that. It's like being spoon fed only, only what um, Google wants you to, to, to know. And, and I'm glad that there are alternatives like uh, BitChute and stuff like that. And it's up to us, you know, I'm not going to look at everything on, on BitChute. Um, you know, it, nobody probably should, you know, but, um, but it, I, I can decide to, um, click away from something on my own and and i know what is good for me just as you know what's good for you eduardo and andy knows what's good good for for you and and we should be adult enough to decide for ourselves and not have big brother um so worried about what we're gonna know that that we can't can't make up our own minds we're not children I don't, I don't even think children should be should treated that way unless they're, you know, very young. Yeah, there's things that I didn't want my kids to know when they were young. And my wife and I would be careful about what they watch. And I think that's just being a good, good parent, you know, and even now we have discussions about, you know, what is, what is this movie? What, and we, now it's progressed to more like, what do you think? Um, what do you think the writer of this movie wants you to know? Um, and they, they're at least more attuned to the messages of things that 
they can they can decide more i you know is it good for me do i really need to be you know watching that With, within reason of course of course we're going to throw the hammer down if there's something that's uh, way <laughs> you know way off the beaten path but i i don't like um i don't like uh, anything that's uh, going to be harmful for them and that includes like the violent stuff as well i don't i don't i don't like a you know my kids to be watching a steady diet of that yeah i just went off on a tangent sorry well, it looks like you and i do that um both say <laughs> sorry about that you guys i was rambling <laughs> no it's fine it's good um so i mean i goes with, i think it goes without saying because you've mentioned you know tuskegee and eugenics and that you're very skeptical about the vaccines if there's something you want to say more about these covid vaccines that are being pumped out please feel free um i i would also like to get your thoughts on the vaccine passports oh and the contact tracing like what do you make of that and what are your thoughts on on those things because again those are contact tracing is something we're going to be talking about in our schools to keep us safe again and the vaccine yeah. passports are again part of this so what are your thoughts on those elements? I, I can't stand it. I think, it's, I think it's just an attempt to take away our freedom. Um, and, and not just the schools. There was, a, there was a Catholic church in Florida that actually had uh, signs set up. Maybe they took it down by now because I think they got a lot of flack. They, they had signs that said vaccinated on this side of the church, mm. unvaccinated on this side of the church. And, and, you know, that that blows my mind that 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 is shocking um, to to think that somebody would be be OK with that, um, especially especially, you know, in a in a place of worship, you know, and and then uh, not just that there was. There, even here uh, in Southern California, there are some, there are some uh, Catholic churches that um, they require you to make a reservation if you want to go to confession. Mm. You know, and that seems to be not what is intended. But, you know, that 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 you know that that's worrisome. You know, and. The, the schools, the, con the contact tracing, you know, um, yeah, it's some of the churches are doing it. Um, I guess I, I read something just today that there was a restaurant in Philadelphia where the wait staff have to have a bracelet that has their, I don't know, some kind of information on a bracelet, I guess, to show that they're all vaxxed up. And I don't know. No, that's how that's that doesn't seem like too far away from show us your papers, please, and all that, and and what to get into Dodger Stadium? No, no, thanks. I I don't need it. I don't need it. I feel I feel bad for you know. Yeah, my wife and I are okay with not going clubbing that much anymore, and so I, I kind of did my clubbing days a long time ago. But my my kids are young, and I want them to have a social life and go out with their friends and everything like that. And and that's it. It's just sad. Yeah. And I and I worry that people will be co coerced to doing something harmful for them. And 
I, I hear things by some people that will say like, well, you'll get your freedoms back once you do this. I said, no, no, no. We were born with our li life, liberty, and the pursuit of, 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 of uh, happiness, right? These, these were not granted to us by Newsom or, or, or anybody else. No, we're born with those rights. Yeah, that's what inalienable is supposed to mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever got to watch some of our episodes that had either uh, Jake Kleischick or Allison McDowell, but one of the areas that they'll talk about is the role, is the importance of data and the collection of data. Um, is that meaningful to you? Is that something you've looked into? Um, I just want to check. How do you feel? Does that figure yeah. into understanding um, this current moment? Yes. Um, Michelle Malkin has done a lot of work in the past on uh, sounding the alarm about data collection. And uh, there was a lot of talk about data collection when Common Core first uh, came in. I remember that. And data mining with standardized tests and everything. I, I, I have to say, I, I don't know uh, as much about that aspect of the data collection, but this, this seems um, a whole upper level of, of data collection because it's uh, the, the GPS of your phone you know, could at least at one time could be turned off, right? Or you could leave your phone at home or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if they're, you know, and then you wonder even if the Fitbit that you're wearing to measure your steps, how much do you want them to know about that? You can turn that app off or whatever. And there's all of the, look at how we've been kind of like led down the primrose path with all of these conveniences and so I got it on my wrist. I like my Fitbit, you know, and my wife asked me, how many steps do you have? And oh, yeah, and that's great. And then the phone and, and, and you ha I have to, you know, make sure that I, okay, I'm going to take a walk. I don't need that phone to go take a walk. How did my dad go to work at her company for 35 years and somehow the guy was able to live his life? The phone was at home <laughs> and it stayed at home. And how, how did this guy go to work for a company for 35 years? He went off in the morning and he, and he came home at four o'clock like clockwork and no one needed to bug him during the day unless I broke my arm at school or something. And how do we get to this point? Through, through convenience, through convenience. And, you know, all of this big fad about you order up anything on your phone, Postmates, and yeah, these are wonderful conveniences. You're in a hurry. You've got a busy life. You're working two jobs. It's great. But all of these conveniences now, what's the next step? Put a little something into you, and now you, what is your heart rate, your pulse rate, your 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 cholesterol level? I, I don't know. Your your yeah, they're in your body now. Also, a, a big thing from this last year has been the eradication of the middle class of, of small business, but the wealth transfer, a, a massive wealth transfer upward. How does that feature for you into this moment? Because again, this is partly, I'm, I'm just trying to get a sense of how, how do you piece these things together? And it's, yeah. clear, it's clear that you feel there is a plan, like there are, there are forces, wealthy forces in play who want to lower the population for some reason. 
Um, but what do you make about that element of it? Because during this last year, Amazon made out big, Google made out big. Um, some of the major corporations did very well um, and more billionaires were made. And, and so the existing billionaires made more billions. What do you make of that during this, the course of this year? Yeah, I, I feel very um, disgusted by um, Amazon and uh, Costco and, and some of those bigger ones that, that made out, I'll say made out like bandits and the small mom and pop restaurants and stuff were, were um, hammered, hammered hard and still being hammered hard in California with uh, some of these ridiculous, um, you know, eating on the sidewalk and, uh, you know, just you know, to go only. And, and how, how do you, how do you provide for your family when you have to jump through all these, uh, state hoops, right? But yet, but yet these big, the big boys, like you said, Amazon and, and, Costco, you know, they, they seem to, um, survive pretty well. And no, I don't, I don't like it at all. Um, it's, yeah. you know, we, it seems like we've been corralled into very limited choices. Um, yeah. and especially when this whole, you know, you, you have businesses shutting down and people are trying to survive. They're going to try to use the third party apps as well to try to get the delivery services or whatever yeah. it is. I think we're, you know, there must be some radical change, no? but go ahead. And and then I guess my other question is about education is what do you feel we as workers and educators, what do you feel like we should have done this year? Um, how mm. do you think we should have responded to things and what do you see coming and what, what are your, what do you see as the future forward for education and, and maybe what do we, how should we respond to what's coming? Well, um, I can only speak for myself. I, I, I guess I should have spoken up more and uh, been less afraid to uh, look like the oddball. I guess that, uh, that plan has gone by the wayside tonight, huh, guys? Yes, it has. You're done now. You're <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I, I think that, um, I, you know, I, I tried early on to try to, you know, get people to, you know, watch some of the different videos from some of the doctors and, and it just, it just seemed like I was whistling in the wind, you know? Why don't you say more about that JP? Cause I am curious when you, when you had shared with us in a different conversation, not as an episode that yeah. you said that you did try to actually share some of this with your friends. Yeah. And, and it's just, no, they just say, no, 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 no. It's, it's a deadly, it's a deadly virus. And you don't know what you're talking about. They say, you don't, you don't believe that it's all a hoax. I said, no, I know something is out there making people sick. I never said that it was uh, not, there was not some kind of uh, flu like illness out there or something. I never said that. And I, you know, but it just too much of it, as I said before, it didn't ring true, but it just, it got to be, that I felt, and, you know, and, and plus, you know, um, you can only be saying stuff so much and you reach a point where you feel you're driving people away, whether it's friends, it's, uh, you know, um, you know, say, you know, all right, 
give it a rest, you know, just, you know, give it a rest now. Okay. Uh, you, you know, talk about something else. And that was hard, you know, that was hard because, you know, you, what would you, I'm sure you felt isolated, JP. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Eduardo, uh, I, I did, I did feel isolated and thankfully, really thankfully, um, my wife and kids are fantastic. And, um, and my wife has a lot of patience and we weren't on, on board with, um, a lot of this and we're still not eye to eye on everything. And that's fine. No, no, no marriage is going to be eye to, you know, eye to eye on everything. And, and I learned from her so much and, you know, and, and she has a different way of doing things that I think, uh, is, is good in many respects. She's able to, she's able to just let, let people say what they want. And she just kind of like, okay, that's, you know, that's fine. And, uh, whereas I'm more like, well, what about this? What about this? You know, and want to, you know, want to not fight, but speak up and, and have a, a talk, you know? And, uh, and she says, no, it doesn't do any good to do that. And, um, you know, from there it was, yeah, it was kind of isolating because I said, I said, I'm not getting through to people. I'm going to just have to, um, just be, be quiet about it, you know? And, uh, that's pretty much the way, the way I was talking about it just with people who wanted to talk. And I saw, you, you know, your, your videos and that raised my, raised my hope a lot. And that's brought me to, you know, to reach out to you guys. Um, especially like you said, the reopening schools video and the one you did on the vaccines. And I watched several, several others, and I'm going to go back and go through your, your back catalog and, and watch more of those. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's where it, that's where it came to this, to this point. I, I do feel very, very knowledgeable. I, I know about from just learning, right? Not an expert, but I feel better, a better sense of what I should know. And I'm glad that I didn't spend the year looking at Netflix or something like that. That that's really, I'm happy about that. So I learned what I learned. Um, you can't take that away. JP, I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you felt fear of your job? Fear of losing your job or fear? This is a difficult time for a lot of people. And sometimes people feel very fearful about being outspoken. I know some friends of mine, one in particular, she's a social worker and she went to public schools in San Francisco. And when I asked her about speaking up, even on light issues that I would think are light, like reopening of schools just for the safety of our children, even that framing, even just speaking about, about that, she was very fearful of losing her job and she didn't want to speak out. And this is a very scary time for people to come out of the shadows. Mm. And I even have friends who don't want to take the vaccine, who are lying, have said that they have taken the vaccine because they're just afraid of being ostracized, being isolated, being so. So, thank you for sharing with us about your isolation and fear. What about fear? Do you what do you feel in general about about being out as you are now, being outspoken and just um, sharing your point of view? Yeah, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that it doesn't worry me if teachers can't speak what's on their minds. You know we are in a different, different time now. Um, it seems like if you speak out, you, you can get 
blackballed or ostracized or something like that. With regards to my situation, I think, Andy, I'd like to know what you think about it too. Um, but as, as um, union members, we're supposed to have some kind of uh, protection as far as our, our rights as employees. And um, we're not saying burn down the school district or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. So what do you, should, should I be, should I be, um, should I be worried? <laughs> I mean, I would say yes. Um, not because we don't have a union, but because unfortunately right now, many of our teachers are our biggest opponents on the question. Yeah. And a lot of our fellow teachers feel like we're the ones who are hurting them and hurting the profession. Um, that worries. I, I'm, and I'm saying, no, you are, you all are hurting each other and, and us. You're hurting our profession. You're hurting society by not fighting this, fighting what's, and, and, and opposing what's happening. Um, so uh, it is, it is worrisome. It's not just isolating, yeah. but, you know, uh, we have a contract, we have a union, but when people don't want to like do anything, you are, you are more vulnerable. Yeah. And, and one, one person that I know of actually even said, what's going to happen when we go back and I don't know who has the vaccine or not. And am I going to be safe around people that didn't have the vaccine or something like that? You know, you know, and at least, at least the person in charge of the meeting said, uh, that's kind of private medical information and you can't know that stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, this is, is this where we're at now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I didn't plan to say this on what's left, but my mother, <laughs> um, she uh, knows what I do. And she is very fearful if I, when I, she knows what I do and she knows that I'll go back to work and eventually for the school district. And she fears some of the activities that I'm engaging with. And I've been here in San Francisco. One of my allies is a true ally has been uh, Dr. Andrew Lipson here, Andy. And he is, uh, we've been working together and I have been behind the scenes on some of the activities that he's been doing, not a major role. He's, he and he's been doing a major role on his activities. I've just been translating parents organized and for some of the activities and it's risky, right? I mean, he showed up in the news media and, and, and he got a slapped on the wrist and, you know, and they did uh, in the reprimand, I hope maybe you shared, he shared it with you. He said that the, the administrator said that he might just uh, lead to another sort of uh, uh, consequence should he do this again. And yet here we were organizing another event at the park with other families, right? Uh, so, my mother spoke to him and said, are you fearful for your job? So I, I know that my mother comes from a point of view that, because she's also an educator in SFUSD. And my mother comes from a point of view of like, you mustn't make too much noise to not get your job and you're in your, you have to have your security. But what do we do, right? We're left with this question. Yeah. And it's a very scary time. I personally don't think we should be quiet. I think we need to make more noise. I think that we need to have, a, and we're very, very fortunate that you contacted us. And hopefully by having this 
group of people, we can sort of be in solidarity with us and we and we will stay sick together, right? We have Ali mm-hmm. McDowell. I'm hope um we have we have uh we've had John Kleisek on this show. We've had um even Eric Lerner who's a bit of a different scientist on uh you know on the Big Bang theory. And we've had amazing guests and behind that we've also had people contact us from around the world from Australia to Britain to Germany right and I have family who listen to this in Mexico who speak English so this is this is a community of people where we've always stated as Andy and I did state from the very beginning we stated what's left is going to be a conversation for people who are not who are not going to get censored who's going to say it even if we have differences what's on our mind and it's a scary time so we're hoping that this is a call out for other people to come forward or to contact us behind the scenes and to really uh, unite with us right we need to stick together yeah uh, let's go back so to 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 your interview though <laughs> but it's related because it, this is all right related and i'm glad and thank you for sharing from a very personal point of view then i think let's talk about the the future then because i imagine you are able to see potential very dark future right and maybe maybe i'd like you to say a little bit about what your biggest fear is about that dark future and then maybe you also see another way like to to avoid that if you do maybe and could you talk a little bit about that and then last one what do you what role do you see yourself playing in trying to get us from that dark future you know for for you for next year or for the coming year or years so maybe that kind of question right um okay the the dark future uh it's like something where people a teacher puts on some kind of 3D goggles or something and the kids have it as well and there's no no humanity uh whatsoever it's just clicking a link or or answering a test on a screen and um like in in i guess it could be done from almost anywhere you know and like a i don't know it just kind of science fiction type thing that i don't think is is healthy um i think that we must do what some of these parents are doing in some of the school boards around the country now like in Arizona and so forth saying no uh our kids are not going to be wearing the masks anymore our kids are going to go back and we're going to go back without the masks without the testing or any of that it's not necessary you know other states uh, i'm talking mostly california because it seems like we're at the end of the end of the road here before uh, things things loosen up the way they should be but other states are doing this now and it seems like uh it, it's just too bad that we're never told the, the the truth you know and then people are still in fear and they think like oh those people at spring break uh, there's going to be a huge rise in cases and then you never hear about any rise in cases the super bowl was supposed to bring a big rise in cases you know and and it it doesn't happen it's just more fear more fear more fear and until we say uh enough with this fear um you know, we're just going to have to demand it. Uh, 
and that means uh, teachers, parents, students. They they have to they have to work together. Because, uh, otherwise, I don't see I don't see um, much of a much of a future for just your your basic school because because p- people who who are able to will leave and maybe go to like a homeschool network or pods or something like that or um some kind of combination private school or parochial school uh, or even just some kind of private school where uh we are an in-person private school where we let kids throw a ball at <laughs> recess you know we 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 are old school we let kids um you know play in the playground and and the teacher actually will um you know just be right there in the room with you and and I think that's what people want I hope I hope we can go back to that and do you see is there anything cuz like you said maybe you look back and you go maybe I should have said more I'm not sure there was anything you could have said to be honest <laughs> yeah we're going to listen but is um do you have any role for yourself in in trying to get things on the right track in the coming year uh, i just guess uh i don't know I, I i i think that i drew my line that i didn't want to go back under this type of um forcing you know this type of hybrid learning, forcing the kids to go back with the masks and all that. I, I didn't want to give my consent to that. I still don't, but I think I only bought myself some time. That's what I'm worried about. And, um, like in the fall, what's it going to be more of the same? I just, I don't know what's your take on this. You guys, uh, is this going to just continue in perpetuity? This is your interview, man. You're the one with the answers. You'll have to watch. You'll have to watch our future episodes to see. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I no, I, I don't know. I I don't want to go back uh, in the fall if that's going to be like this. I I don't see who who would want to. I mean, that's a conversation that my wife and I'll have to have, and what we're going to do with our son and daughter, and and um mm-hmm. we can you know we have the uh, the capability to at least homeschool them and uh i have enough time with the district that i can just hang it up i guess you know mm-hmm. but that wasn't our plans and i don't like i don't like having to do that if that's not what i want to do um go to work for budweiser or something or you know <laughs> you know that might not might not be such a bad thing but they'll probably make me wear a mask there too so. <laughs> well you could be outside dri- driving the Clydesdales. yeah yeah oh they're perfect <laughs> jp we're all trying to figure it out yeah we're trying to figure it out yeah. andy and i are also having conversations it's it's tough right i'm doing my own really thing is. too on i mean we work together andy and i but i'm also doing my own thing too and i have a different approach to this but so um, yeah, I, I and you think, should I'm you sorry, should sorry. stay connected. Sorry, you should stay connected with Michael Caine's work as well. I think they're doing great stuff over there too, in New York. I hope you know about that. I health def- uh, yes, I do. I I I do know that uh, 
my teacher. teacher. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. He's organizing yeah. and working. But anyhow, back to you. Yeah. I yes, I learned uh, learned about him through that Health Freedom Defense Fund, which mm. I think are doing some great great work as well. They've got some good literature for people out there too that want to oppose the mask mandates and the testing and the, and the vaccines. And um, they're the ones that put together the lawsuit um, down in L.A. against the district down there. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. And I and I did connect with some of the people there uh, who spoke with some of the people there who there's a lot of people that feel just enough is enough. It's it's tough, you know, and people have, you know, mortgages and jobs and, and all that. It's it, like you said, that the lady social worker who, you know, she's afraid. And I, I don't I don't fault anybody for 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 feeling that way, because I, I feel that way, you know, myself at times, too. Um, that is great. Is there anything you want to add that you feel like we didn't get to that we could that you that you want to touch on? The only thing uh, the only thing that I really want to say is I, I, I believe in public education and people people need that community school. Kids need a place to go to where they can, you know, have a, a bite to eat. If that's what they if that's what they need, provide that. Um, the, the mobile dental unit and the, um, the nurse on site, these are all, these are all wonderful things that a public school can offer. Um, but it, it, it needs to be done humanely with people laughing together, um, getting to know the teacher, um, having, having that sense of, um, like, like when the kids come back when they're 35 and they have their own family say, Mr. Lipson, I want you to meet my, yeah, I want yeah. you to meet my, uh, this is my wife. This mm -hmm. is my son is going to be in your student next year. And, yeah. and when those, when, when those things happen, it, it, it's the best job in the world. And, um, you know, you've, you've, uh, had the experience or you've known someone that has the experience. You've probably had the experience where, the kid that gave you the hardest time one year, a couple of years later, he's a foot taller and he, and he's coming at you across the, uh, the campus quad or whatever. And you think, Oh no, what does this guy want? And then he comes up to you and says, Hey, mister, I just want to let you know that I wasn't too nice to you in ninth grade, but, uh, you know what, <laughs> you, you were all right. You know, and you think, Oh, all right. You, know, you go home and say, Yes, <laughs> but this, you you can't you can't take you can't put a price on that that mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. it's really good. It's it's a, it's a good job in many ways. Yeah, um, and one of the things that I've felt sad about is this this year all of that has been short circuited. I don't think there's going to be really any of those. There's no relationship. Teachers can say we form relationships. We did not. I mean, no. barely like just the barest thing and. So we don't get that this year. And I'm, I'm working with a student teacher who started like she's I'm the master teacher. Right. And she's a student teacher. And, you know, like I worry about her be, coming into education under this regime. You know, this is. Yeah, it's no sort of job. You know, it's 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 very it's the it it, it is it's not a human job anymore if, yeah. if we can't carry on this way. Yeah, it, it, it's, it has to change. It has to go back the way it was. It's too much. 
Well, let's wrap up here then. Let's, um, that was a wonderful conversation yeah. and I'm sure that uh, you're getting tired to JP's high well, work. I just want to say that I want to appreciate JP that you gave us this time, but I think we're going to be talking more about this journey that you're on, that we're on, and that we actually are all on as it relates to education, as it relates to society. So, I mean, I think we're going to be talking again, you know, and maybe a few times, particularly at different touch points as education gets transformed, what looks like for bad, but maybe there'll be some things that we see that go in the right way and we can, so I just think it's important for us to, to see each other as, uh, you know, people we can stay in touch with as this, yep. as this uh, story unfolds. Yeah, I would like that very much. And it's been a real, real privilege for me to be with you. I thank you both very much for your time and the work that you're doing uh, on what's left. And I'm definitely going to go back and look at some of the other uh, videos that you've done. And um, I really uh, salute you both for the work that you're doing. It, it's it's really what's needed now. And um, if if this conversation helps uh, some people to speak out and uh, just make a, a network of people, that would that would be great. That would be great too. Like like what Eduardo was saying that uh, we we need each, we need each other in this. Just like the parents need to not feel abandoned. And, and the kids need to know that the teachers um, are behind them. Mm -hmm. And so the, this was this was really, um, really special for me to be uh, talking with you both tonight. And I, I thank you for uh, allowing me to have this time with you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, JP. JP, and if you do ever find us, I'm looking here for my template. If you ever do find any research that is worthwhile sharing on what's left, just let us know. I think it would be wonderful if you actually shared with us some of the things that you might have in the future. And uh, go back to that, uh, the, our episode on Jeffrey Epstein and tell us who was right, Andy or Eduardo. Okay, okay. Where do I find all the back um, videos? Um, As of right now, you can find them on YouTube. I mean, unless you're talking about the ones that have been censored. No, you, you would just go to, if the Eduardo's gonna give it the web node. Uh, what's, oh, yeah. what oh, yeah. that S stuff left and then you got to go to the different years um, I wish there was oh, a, okay. if you go through it you see it's really cumbersome if you have some ideas on how we could better organize things I would certainly <laughs> welcome some thoughts on that and and the the lady you said was McDowell Alice McDowell Alice oh, Allison yeah. Allison McDowell and uh, well, there was you don't want to go down that rabbit hole my friend oh boy you're never coming really? back <laughs> she's she's cool hole. though. Okay, go listen listen to her. Yeah. Okay. I'm and we come. also John Kleisik. We did yeah. John Kleisik. Yeah. Who's who's the gentleman that you've had on in several videos, and he he wrote a book on education. That's John Kleisik. John Kleisik. Okay. Yeah. And we did an interview of him about his book, so you can check that out. Yeah. So Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, let's see. Yeah. Those are good. And Eric Lerner, I mentioned Eric Lerner. Yeah. You should look at you Eric did. Lerner. Yeah. Eric Lerner. Okay. Great. I got good. some homework to do. <laughs> All right. Those, I, hope, I hope to meet Kenny. I hope to meet Kenny soon too. Oh right. You That's haven't he wasn't meeting it. Yeah. 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 All right. 
What's Left is a weekly political podcast as channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes wherever you found this episode or on our blog at what-s-left.webnote.com. And you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us. I remind folks, if you like anything that you have heard here, please share your favorite episode, rate, review, subscribe, turn on your notifications, jot down our information on our eight, now nine platforms on podcasts, Spotify, iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, on channels, BitChute, Libri, L-B-R-Y, Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E, or YouTube, now Telegram as well. Uh, so check us out there. Uh, and if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to, co to cover, contact us through our blog. Uh, I'm Eduardo Varca. Uh, with co-host Andy Lipson. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, JP. And it was such a pleasure having you. Uh, JP, teacher from Southern California and a What's Left listener slash uh, viewer. Uh, and we look forward to being in contact with you. Thank you very much, Eduardo. Thank you very much, Andy. It's been a pleasure to be with you tonight. Thank you so much. Sure. And, I was uh, babbling for quite a bit there. You'll have to. Oh, Andy out. loves that. Andy loves all that. <laughs> he loves that. He's, you know, I always say, this is how I think of Andy. This is the last thing. But, you know, Michelangelo just, uh, you know, he destroyed all of his sketches, right? He destroyed all of his sketches. So we only know of his masterpieces, right? Well, um, Andy likes to keep sketches and everything, every doodle, everything, you know, if possible. So he loves to keep rambling. Parts. Yeah, and, and unlike Michelangelo, I would have put the masterpiece up and have all the sketches surrounding it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great.